Hello and welcome to Enter the Dragonair's Den, ranked number one on the Pokemon Go PvP podcast leaderboards according to a reputable source. I am two-time regional competitor Taco Dog, joined by self-factions all-star Jet Force Gemini. I like the new intro. It's 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 feeling fresh. <laughs> it's it's spooktober, you know. You gotta you gotta throw some curveballs because this is the the best time to do it. You're transforming under the light of the October. Yee, the full moon is out. That means I go full taco. You never go full taco. <laughs> full taco. That makes me imagine a quesadilla for some reason. I was thinking a flauta, to be quite honest. But, you know, two, two schools of thought. The duality I, of... I unrolled the tortilla and you rolled it more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you're new around here, welcome. We are a Pokemon Go PvP podcast that primarily focuses on the team-based PvP format known as the Battle Frontier. If you're not new around here, it's been a wild time since we last spoke. This is also like the first time it's actually felt like a while since we recorded, even though it, we're we're still just it's been a week again. <laughs> <laughs> True, but we had so much happen. We had a regional that we had sent almost half the team to and i'm not gonna lie i got in last night and i am still exhausted like recording a day later (laughs) well i also got back yesterday but i feel so much better just (laughs) because the the dryness was getting to me and now i feel human again you feel hydrated trainer (laughs) yeah exactly my my sinuses have breathed relief that is great but what was I going with this? I was going somewhere with this. Oh, yes. After all of that, though, we finally have some Niantic news to talk about because this weekend is going to be just as crazy. For starters, we have a brand new Pokemon being revealed into Pokemon Go. It is Smoliv. I don't it's know small. how. <laughs> it is a small olive. It, it's great. It's evolved form is great in raids on Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. So, But I'm willing to see how it's going to shape up against the pvp landscape will it dethrone superior probably not but you know it's still neat to have is it is that what grass and normal no i think it's pure grass okay i was i was trying to remember because i know there's a few of the grass types that are weird no the the other one that you're thinking of is Skiddo and go goat that was also released oh wait no you're right you're right our, our belief was a grass and normal type Cool. I just checked it up on uh, Bulbapedia. <laughs> I, I had like, to double check. I thought, yeah, I thought it had a, a weird secondary typing. So good, good job, brain. Brain is braining. Well, you know, this might give it an edge depending on what moveset it gets on Lickitung because Lickitung just relies on Lick. And once again, depending on how its moves will be set up, it's not looking good, by the way. Could possibly give give it a run for their money. It's too bad the the signature like terrain setting aspect of it has nothing to do with go yet. Yeah, but it's got it can have tackle razor leaf as potential fast moves, which shoot, it's, I don't really. That's not much of a list. Uh, yeah, but for, but, hey, for stab stab on both. Exactly, and then for charge moves, it could have feed bomb, energy ball, petal blizzard. Or Mirror Coat. Everyone's favorite Petal Blizzard. I'm honestly not... Mirror Coat, also one of the top tier moves. 
This might be a Pokemon where Niantic decides to give it some help in the TM department because it can get access to Charm, Trailblaze, Magical Leaf, Bullet Seed, Dazzling Gleam, Grass Knot. So that's, that's just what it has like in the Game Master right now? Is that, is that what we're talking about? No, I'm talking about its potential moves on Bulbapedia. Oh, okay. Like just what's in the game, but not like hasn't been added. I... To be honest, I don't want to look at data mining because it can just go completely out the window like they did with Skidoo and Kogo. But on that note, this can be a very, very much a Pokemon that can do really, really well in PvP or it'll just get Niantic and be borderline useless. Are the are the stats actually decent? If I told you yes, would you believe me? <laughs> I would cautiously believe it's got fairly bad HP stat, but it's got a pretty decent special attack and defense and an atrocious regular attack stat and regular defense stat. So, well, at least it's not losing a bunch of its stat total out of speed, <laughs> which helps sometimes. True. Rip speedy boys like Flygon. And, well, no, Swellow's okay, too. Because, like, Swellow's an attack-weighted mon. And it's fast. Has no breaks. It's the angriest bird in PvP. So is, is, is that all of our all of our news? Oh, and there's Timber Community Day. You know, Triple Stardust happening. Brutal Swing, which we talked about last time. It's meh. It's it's something. I mean, more than anything, it's, it's just a chance to catch up on the shiny Timber and get those XLs. Yeah, I guess. I will not be taking part in that. I'm going to miss this community day because I will be celebrating my one-year anniversary with my lovely wife that supports me in everything I do. That's that's a strong reason to skip. She doesn't know I'm going to be doing what I did on my wedding and have my gotcha running. <laughs> yeah, well, and as long as the timber is registered, I feel like you're not missing out on a lot. Yeah. But, you know, you do what you can. I'm not hurting for Stardust, but I'm also... I could also want more. Always. We, we've we been through the famine, so the feast is... Uh, oh, they had, weird. oh, they had double Stardust at the, at the event, too. But we'll talk about that in segment two. For now, though, we have to give what the people came to listen to. Cool, and that cool, is cool. Battle Frontier coverage. Another thing that... I haven't looked at yet for this week. <laughs> like I said, a lot has happened this week. It's hard to hard to catch up. So with that being said, it is time to unveil the top five teams, which we finally have a top five now. All tiebreakers have been broken. In first place, we have Sky Dragons Gaming. Second place is Acopolypse. Third place is Muddy Water. Fourth place, Backstage Battlers. And so ends the, the top five top teams that are undefeated in fifth place is barktown boomers unfortunately they did lose this week which they haven't really tumbled that much because they have such a they had such a massive lead on basically everyone else that i reckon that they may have had an 11 to 10 and they're still sitting nice and pretty at fifth place yeah definitely definitely still in position to catch back up especially since the one at number one is in their pool. Yep. So with that being said, we got to dive into pool number one because I definitely want to see what 
what the scores, how the scores shaped out. So, I'm going to start from the bottom to the top. We have Slark Paper Scissors beat Deli Birds of the Word 12 to 9. Sky Dragons Gaming, of course, they're still undefeated, so this is a W for them. They beat Deoxys Alberta, Al, Deoxys Alberta form 12 to 9. TNT Fingals beats iCarly PvP 11 to 10. And the Thunderdome pulls off an upset against Barktown Boomers 11 to 10. So it looks like everybody in pool number one showed up to play, no matter who they were up against. Yeah, I think this is easily the, the closest week that the pool has had. <laughs> well, compared to last week, they had blowouts galore, except Thunderdome and TNT decided, eh, let's keep it close, you know, for old time's sake. But you want to dive into that Thunderdome and Barktown matchup? Yeah, let's 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 see. And just as as a quick note, like if you're gonna lose, this this is the way to do it. Exactly. Get all those points. Absolutely. Get as much points as you can, so that that way you take valuable points away from from your opponent, and that could that could hurt them in the long run. Okay. So diving right on in to the Open Great League, we had the Thunderdome's Buckeye Fitzy go up against Barktown Boomer's Silent Beast. Buckeye Fitzy brought. Metacham, Shadow Alone Sandslash, Azumarill, Umbreon, Shadow Venusaur, and Gligar into Shadow Alone Sandslash, Lantern, Gligar, Chrysalia, Mandibuzz, and Surfetch. Silent Beast was able to take a 2-1 victory over Buckeye. And quite honestly, we have a couple of different variations on the Water Type Bring and then the Dark Type Bring and Counter Bring. I really wonder if that Chrysalia was running Future Sight over Moonblast for this week. You do lose a lot of ground looking at the Umbreon specifically. Mm-hmm. But it does give you a way to hit the Venusaur a little bit better. I guess like maybe there could be a case to put Moonblast on instead because you have Gligar, Surfetch, and Mandibuzz. And I kind of put Surfetch into the Venusaur one because it does have access to Brave Bird. I don't see a reason to put it on for this week, but it, you know, it's there unless it went double nuke and Brave Bird in close combat. The surprise factor of the Brave Bird is reason enough sometimes just because otherwise that Metacham matchup is pretty dominant. Yeah, and aside from Gligar and Mandibuzz, well, if Chrysalia had Moonblast, it's a little bit more doable, isn't it? For what? Sorry. Sorry, if Chrysalia had access to Moonblast into Metachim, it's a little bit more doable for Chrysalia, no? I, I mean, no matter what moves Cress has, like it's it's in a fine position in the Metachim. That, oh, was, that okay. was my confusion. It was like, I mean, yes, it would have the super effective damage, but you're just resisting everything that you need to to come out ahead. So I don't think that contributes a lot. Like it obviously is dream come true if you can actually get the crest into the medi mm-hmm. yeah i guess that does make a lot more sense i really wonder if that lantern was running spark or water gun because both look really really good into this matchup yeah i'm looking for something to point at that's like a firm leg up on either side but i mean the the construction like you said is is very similar it's it's really just the Mandy adds that second flyer and probably is enough of a reason to go outer snow on the sand slash. Like it's it's it is for for a lot of these Pokemon, like it's very divisive even just on 
the fast moves. Yeah, that's what's going to make this this one a little bit more difficult. I mean, it, it looks really even on paper, so we we and we've we've already talked about how Silent Beast has kind of been playing out of their mind. Yeah, Silent Beast is one heck of a player. They did win the the mega tournament in New York, if I remember correctly, for that GoFest. That, I think that, that side event. Well, there was like some real. No, I think this one was done by by the beginner to winner crew out there. And like there was like a hundred dollar cash prize or whatever. I could be wrong, but if I am proper, proper motivation goes a long way. Yeah. You ready well, to check out Ultra? I am. I was just about to say that. So in the Ultra League, we had Nuclear Ninjas score off against Fuikin T. Nuclear Ninjas brought Yanovan Stunfisk, Shadow Drapion, Verizian, Tapufini, Articuno, and Chrysalia into Chrysalia, Shadow Wallring, Charizard, Scrafty, Escavalier, and Ampharos. Sh the Shadow Ampharos, excuse me. So that Shadow Ampharos looked like it did a really good job into this team. Like, at first glance. It's got a couple pretty rough counters, just as far as absorbing the Volt Switch damage, which normally is part of how it chips. At least with Railblaze, you can hit the Stunfisk now. It's still not going to be great, but compared to the Verizion where you need to have Focus Blast or, I mean, God forbid, Dragon Pulse to do damage <laughs> to it. It could be a good move, maybe. Yeah. In, um, a, in another world. Yeah, I, I do appreciate seeing Articuno on the list. It's still kind of in the back of my mind as one of those OG Ultra League Pokemon. I want to say... Oh, sorry. I, it's more of... I just enjoy seeing it on the list. I don't know that it had a particularly good matchup or anything like that. I would say mostly bad. <laughs> but just just seeing it in the conversation is fun. True, yeah. I was going to say, looking at the Yanovan Stunfisk, I think that it was incentivized to bring Thundershock over Mudshot in this one. Just because Thundershock would do a decent amount of damage to Walring and Charizard versus Mudshot being uh, resisted by Charizard, single resisted, excuse me, and do a decent amount of damage to Walring, but kind of negligible. I also assume that you wouldn't actually need the much damage to take on the Ampharos, for example. So that's that's kind of the argument for Mudshot and yeah, I, I I agree. It's just it's it's gonna be a little better on the Thundershock side. Yeah, and I think in this matchup in particular, T had the more flexible team, whereas Ninjas was like, I have to bring this mod to at least stand a chance or I'm gonna get three would Yeah, and, and I mean like many of the Ultra League matchups that we've looked at, this is feeling a little bit like on nuclear side that they were kind of forced to bring Cresselia to be one of their safer options. Yeah, the only thing that can really punish Chrysalia would be the Drapion. And at well, least that, this... I mean, that is on the same team, so it's not a punish, but yeah. Sorry, I was talking about the other Chrysalia on the other yeah. side. But yeah, the, but yeah, I mean, the, the Shadow Drapion is not bad here at all. Like, you have... You, you can use it in its fully intended spot of, of safe swap but yeah you gotta 
you gotta find some other footholds because yeah especially if you get it locked into SCAT, that's not gonna be too, too good it's yeah it's, it's a little rough all right so that was like a pretty open and shut case to me want to move on into the the master league yeah things things start to swing wildly yeah so up until it looks like the master league barktown boomers were leading four to two and then the thunderdome says all right hold my beer watch this so in the thunderdome we had ryuzaki going up against chef tj new ryuzaki brought meloetta mega blastoise therian landerus florgis axorus and heatron into tapabulu kiram Sogaleo, that's a really nice pick. Mega Charizard X, Gyarados, and Excadrill. I said the Sogaleo is a really nice pick because we don't really see it too much in Battle Frontier formats. Yeah, or at least we haven't seen it pop up. And it, and it is definitely one of those extra restricted picks as far as making sure you get all the XLs for it. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, though, this was a 3-0 on the Ruizaki side. I forget. I don't know Meloetta's moveset too well, so I'm going to look it up. <laughs> well, and Meloetta is a good counterpoint to Solgaleo, right? It's it's in the same boat as far as mythical XLs go. Yeah. All right, so Melo, Come on. <laughs> I was like, Meloetta, here's the form it has. I'm like, oh, so the only form. Meloetta gets Quick Attack Infusion, Psy Shock, Thunderbolt, Hyper Beam, Dazzling Beam. So it can't touch Solgaleo. Unfortunately, the, the fast move on Solgaleo isn't helping it any into most of Ryazaki's team. It just gets Fire Spin, right? Effectively, yes. <laughs> oh, it's Zen Head. Yeah, so just Fire Spin. Yeah. Yeah, so in that instance, that kind of, we know what happened there. But, you know, I'm seeing, on Chef's side, I'm seeing Kiram. That's a dragon type. Like a Charizard, that's a dragon type. And Gyarados is a pseudo dragon. That floor just looks like it put in a decent amount of work. Yeah, and it's it's just looking like one of those where Chef would have would have had to just pick the perfect RPS squad to to pull a win. Um, it's like Bulu has play as long as you're you're not seeing Heatran specifically. But I feel like its stats also just it just doesn't get quite buff as some of the others here. Yeah, and actually I was gonna touch on Heatran for a, a hot second. Going off of that, Heatran has really good matchups into Bulu, Kiram, and Sogaleo because I forget Heatran gets access to Iron Head. Oh yeah, it's the steel yeah. move. Yeah, yeah, so. Sorry, my brain, when I look at Heatran, I'm also building a VGC team that features Heatran. So I'm just like, does it have this move or does it not have this move in the game? My head is kind of like my brain has been separated to go in VGC. It's hard for it to over, it overlaps sometimes and I don't like it. But going back to what I was saying, you know, Heatran with Iron Head can deal massive damage to Bulu and Kiram. And then with that new Magma Storm, you can do a lot of damage to Sogaleo. And so, like, if on if I'm looking at Chef's side, I'm kind of wondering, do I have a team that counters Heatran, Florgis, or even Mega Blastoise? Because water gun damage will add up. And I haven't spoken enough about, you know, Excadrill. Actually, no, I'm going to take that back. Heatran, 
Therian Landorus, Mega Blastoise, and Flora just look really, really good into TJ's entire team. Yeah, this it, it just looks like a tough setup. I, like like <laughs> like I was trying to say, I, I think you need to call exact positions to steal a win. Yeah. Unfortunately, it looks like TJ came up on the wrong side of it, but we give him points. We give him brownie points on the podcast for trying. And we really think you should have won because you had Sogolo, which is a better mod in my opinion. So it's way cooler. Yeah, you win coolness factor. <laughs> okay, let's move on to Aurora Cup before I start saying other random nonsense. <laughs> Too far down a road that you can't take back. Look, I went down a rabbit hole this weekend, and like I said, we'll get into it. We'll get into it in part two. <laughs> Just keep saying that. If you're at home, do not make this a drinking game of we'll get into it in part two, please. Your team needs you. Anyway. Think of the first children. <laughs> anyway, in Aurora Cup, we had Party Panda Poke go up against a talking Pikachu. Or whatever he decides to call himself on our podcast on our podcast server. Party Panda brought Chrysalia, Regirock, Chargebug, Alolan Ninetales, the Shadow version, Greedit, and Whimsicott into Shadow Alolan Ninetales, Defense Deoxys, Chrysalia, Whimsicott, Greedent, and Double. Attacking Pikachu was able to take a 2-1 victory over Party Panda. Doesn't look like Party Panda was doing too much partying after this game because Attacking Pikachu's Defense Deoxys with Counter, Rock Slide, and Psycho Boost looks really good into a number of targets. So I think Panda had to deal with both not only the Shadow Alolan Ninetales, but also that Defense Deoxys. I think it's fun that they ran the same two fairies specifically. Like they also have Greedent, but and Crest. So in typical Aurora Cup fashion, they have just like a couple outliers that make it not a full mirror, but they're pretty significant. In that you know you've got your your pseudo fighter double that can hang out with your extra dark damage if you need it and then yeah like like you said the the dd rock slide is safe and everything yeah i th- i would probably wager don't ever do this trainer but double with the matchup on party panda side aside from chrysalia you could probably get away with running it with just a single move up body slam yeah just just pretend it's single moved until the right moment yeah i mean that's how i run my double and i've had pretty decent success Anyway, so, yeah, congrats on Talking Pikachu for taking a 2-1, and Party Panda, I gotta give you props as well for bringing Chargebug, because that looked really good into the, into Chrysalia and Defense Deoxys. Good call on that part. It's that, it's that number one poke. I know. Alright, it's time to Boogaloo into Aurora Cup Part 2. Unless, like, you got some, unless you have another last parting thought on this matchup kind of cut and dry in my opinion i'm seeing charge about come up on the uh the losing side again though it's interesting oh, let's take a look see all right in part two of roar cup we had thunderdome's rochambeau go up against professor i think that's how you say it rochambeau brought regular alola nine tails greedent chrysalia lickitung double and defense deoxys into Shadow on Ninetales, Chrysalia, Wigglytuff, Umbreon, Defense Deoxys, and Chargebug. It's interesting to see Umbreon show up. When there's 
Well, I mean, the, the Alola Ninetales Umbreon matchup is very... It can go one of two ways. Like, you have to land the Dazzling Gleam to score a knockout. Otherwise, Last Resort, you're just going to whittle you down. Like, I'm just talking about if you don't invest shields and stuff. But at the same time, on Professor's side, there's two Charmers into a single Charmer. And I'm not seeing anything that can beat that Wigglytuff easily. It looks like it'll need a team effort to take it down. I guess I'm, I'm still wrapping my head around the Umbreon, especially in what I think of as the, the Charger Bug meta. Like, it is, I guess, an answer to Crest looking DD. I mean, Defense Deoxys does give it the most trouble. Or Chrysalia, if it has Moonblast, which nothing resists Fairy, so might as well slap it on there. Yeah, well, and, and that's more... Like, I'm, I'm just trying to imagine the, the usefulness. Like, yeah, you're, you're good against the other, like, damage soak stuff, but you're not coming out of it with a ton of health, even though, like, you're on the winning side, so you can get farmed down by something pretty easily afterwards too so yeah it, it seems kind of risky but i like your thought of the wigglytuff just having the the hp to keep up with something like the the double or the nine tails yeah that makes sense all right so good on rochambeau for evening up the score in the aurora cup now it's time to move on into savannah where Thunderdome's 17 Alpal takes on JD Scooty. So 17 brought Dunsparce, Oranguru, Regirock, Polyrath, Amolga, and Superior into Chargebug, Regirock, Polyrath, Trash Wormerdam, Dunsparce, and Tropius. 17 was able to take a 2-1 victory over JD Scooty. So that Regirock has two has two targets on both sides, which is kind of neat. You got your confusion users. Your Dunsparce, your Electric types, and your Grass types. I think this one came down to just lines in total, like who could outmaneuver the other person. Which is yeah, there's, it's. There's a few of these that are a little bit weird, right? Like the Oranguru, I think is is strictly worse here than the Trash Wormadam, because that normal typing hurts it more than it helps it in this case, and. There's really not a good target for Oranguru other than Confusion Pressure. Oh wait, no, it gets Foul Play, so that means it can at least chip Worm Trash Wormerdam, but in the Battle of Bulks, Wormerdam wins it nine times out of ten with Oranguru. So yeah, I, I, I do agree that the maneuvering is is more of the cleanup section <laughs> more than, than any of the specific picks, right? Like you... And then kind of on the flip side, out of the flyers, you have a Molga that resists everything that Tropius throws at it. And it's got like a weird matchup into Charger Bug as well. Um, because while the Thundershocks are resisted, like you're not expecting a lot of pressure out of those anyway. So it's time for that double flying moveset to, to do what it does. That's fair. But yeah, you've got you've got all the usual suspects here, and I assume these are players that have been hanging out in Savannah the whole time. So it's just another week at the office, kind of. Yeah, and especially with Seventeen Alpal is a very very talented trainer. I've fought them I want to say twice, 
in two different servers and they pick up on limited metas really well so i do i haven't fought against jd scooty sorry boomers so i can't really comment on that but to take a game off 17 is i'm gonna call that a pretty impressive feat all right let's do the last one all right thunderdome's ghostly za went up against hayleaf 88 Ghostly brought Regirock, Polyrath, Trevenant, Trashformer Dam, Amolga, and Lickitung into Amolga, Dunsparce, Oranguru, Polyrath, Tropius, and Regirock. This final score was Boomers 2, Thunderdome 1 in this matchup. Once again, tying up the, the field meta tie. Tying up the field meta ties. Tying up the field meta. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, really, really all came down to that, that Master League showdown which was a rough matchup, right? Like, and to, to, to bring that thought back into this, don't see a lot for Lickitung to do in this particular matchup. No, I think Lickitung was dead weight here. Aside from just maybe soaking up damage, that's about all it can do. Like, Lickitung does much better into Polyrath than some of the other normals that are more common, but I think you pay for it in just about every other matchup. Yeah, especially with you have nothing to hit a Molga or Dunspars. Well, yeah, and, and especially the other normals is, is where it really suffers, right? So you can't you can't use it to cover the other kind of blanket coverage mons. True, yeah. That, that doesn't make sense. And Trevenant is in a little bit of a weird spot, too. Just especially going into double normal, and then the fact that Grass-type on the other side is Tropius. Kind of kind of rough. Yeah, and Oranguru resisting the Shadow Claws does also get access to that foul play. It's, it's not looking good for Ghostly. Uh, I hate to pick apart this team too much, but I kind of find it just short of amazing that they were able to get at least one point to seal the deal. Well, and you can always lean into that Polyrath Regirock when you are running it, and then you've still got Wormadam chilling also. So between those three, you're pretty neutral <laughs> into almost every matchup anyway, and there's kind of no reason to run the others anyway. So it's it's just like one of those cookie cutter situations where yeah as as far as like the full team goes you got a couple that are gonna underperform but when it comes to well i can always run regirock polyrath wormadam but doesn't that get broken by the trope by tropius running air slash or razor leaf not entirely just like it, it is like the tropius the biggest advantage there is you get to soak a lot of damage no matter what um, mm -hmm. and you, you have to remember like the emulga on the other side is always going to be a little bit scary as as a tropius user like you're, you're going to want to suss out if if, if, if that's going to try to ruin your day but okay yeah that and and that can kind of be maybe just like the mode switch right is is you try whatever you try game one and then you do all right, cookie cutter time, game two, and, and get back into it. And then, you know, game three, maybe the Tropius shows up, and, and that can be a problem, but it's it's not immune, right? Like, the Polyrath Ice Punch 
is significant damage. The Stone Edge is significant damage. Wormadam is, is a slow matchup. So it's definitely going to take and and dish out damage, but that alone can't like be your answer. Yeah, that's true. I I see where that's coming from. Although I think I mean that's a get this'll probably like get a little spicy, but I think I would disregard the Emolga and take that risk anyway, knowing that my chances are really good. Sure. I guess my point is that even if you're backed into that corner of running that particular trio, it's it's not like you're RPS'd out. You you still have a lot of play. Okay. That makes sense. Alrighty then. So once again, congratulations. Go out to the Thunderdome for taking down one of the undefeated teams, leaving Sky Dragons Gaming as the only undefeated team left. In week six, Thunderdome draws iCarly PvP. Sky Dragons Gaming draws Barktown Boomers. It's still a matchup of one-two no matter what. And if Sky Dragon Gaming, if Sky Dragons win this, they will have clinched their promotion spot in top two. Because by then, mathematically, it would be mathematically they couldn't catch up, or no other team could catch up to them. And then Deli Birds of the Word takes on TNT Fingles, and then Slug Paper Scissors draws Deoxys Alberta form. Dang, it's the penultimate week already. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy to see five weeks filled in. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, we're, we're getting down to it. Yeah, last month we were like, yeah, this is a great thing. We're, we're ready to get started. We're going to hit the ball. We're going to get the ground. Ro- hit the ball. Hit yeah. the ground running. Hit, get the this- <laughs> hit the ball already. Look, I suck that baseball, okay? <laughs> All right, pool number two. We had... I don't know where to start because both both of them sound really. Actually, I know where I'm starting. I'm starting at the top this time. So Rock Paper Slark takes a 13 to 8 victory over Copium Northeast. Probably should have. Actually, no. I'm gonna do the scores and then I'm gonna do the the standings. Decidui Dynasty Green loses to Mighty Thunder Ducks 15 to 6. Canadian Shield on takes down East Caliber 7 14 to 7. And finally, what is Quite possibly one of the biggest upsets of Pool 2, we had Sea Kingpin take down Brave Nerds 8-13. to This now sets up the standings as Rock Paper Slark is right back on top in the number one spot, and Brave Nerds has the second spot. Mighty Thunder Ducks is third, and then Shield On is fourth. What is going on in Pool number two? No one's undefeated in Pool 2. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's wild. Now, I remember that we made jokes at you know, Battle Frontier's expense of how Rock, Paper, Slark and Brave Nerds were in the same pool and they wanted to meet in the, what's the word? In the, the round of 16. Top but now, bracket. yeah, in top bracket. But now if they can, if they win out, they both get top bracket. There's nothing that's going to stop either of them from meeting in top bracket again. So maybe this was Greg and Amaze's plan all along and we were all just along for the ride. Who knows? All right, I'll take my tinfoil hat off now. And, you know, we <laughs> once again have to see how D. Kingpin plays out the rest of the pool. Who do they have next week and the week Kill after? On and Copio. Mm, interesting. I'm getting the gears in my head turning. So which which of these matches <laughs> should we look at? Like, 
I'm pretty sure last time we looked at brave nerds, so I don't yeah, know. But do they, we do it? But do they we won. This time? Uh, well, you know what? Actually, you're right because every time we've covered Slark, it's when they lose. Or the only time we covered Slark is when they lost, and we've covered Brave Nerds twice. So let's cover Slark, and they won. This is totally not biased against Rock Paper Slark. I promise. Yeah, we're 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 even evening the score, tipping the scales. One of those. We're doing something. We're reporting a win. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Starting in the Rock Paper Slark and Copium Northeast matchup, we had Callum go up against Wadaj. I hear Wadaj is pretty good. Anyway. That's that's also what I hear. Yeah. Anyway. So Callum brought Azumarill, Registeel, Lickitung, Medichan, Charizard, Shadow Charizard, excuse me, and Superior into Wadaj's Medicham, Azumarill, Frostlass, Superior, Lantern, and Gligar. Did you say Azumarill on Wadaj's team? No, I said Azumarill on Callum's team. Okay. Uh, I just, I must have been hearing things. I heard you say Azu second. I was like, that's oh. Umbreon, though. Umbreon, Terra, into a fairy type. Into a water fairy. <laughs> just a quick little cheeky Terra type. Yeah. But going back to this one a little bit. The Shadow Charizard on Callum's side looks like it had a lot of juicy targets. And Azumarill. But I think this was definitely more of an answer. Of which team exerted the most bench pressure? Or which team got the lineup that was needed? Yeah, and Shadow Zard kind of needs shields down into this team. Like it has, it has the one hard counter, but it's not like it's getting out of most of the other matchups unscathed. Well, the other thing was Frostlass also needs shields down to be oppressive, but not to the point where Shadow Charizard is needed because. Like that old adage goes, you give Frostlass two Powder Snows, it destroys everything. And it looks like it was very true in this instance. You do wow. have decent soak, though, against the Frostlass. Like the Azzy Reggie Lickitung can take moves, no problem. True, but the back half of that line is just... Yeah. You don't do any favors, because Frost... Frostlass still outpaces Charizard to the Blast Burn, and it just becomes a mind game of that point. It's five avalanches to Blast Burn. I think it's 665. Sorry, five Powder Snows to Avalanche, and then 665 for Blast Burn, if I'm not mistaken. You're, you're saying it's five Powder Snows to the first Avalanche? Isn't it? Oh, what was that website that had all the moves listed? I mean, it's also a tab. Oh, poke if you want to do that. Okay, fine. Oh, nope, I found it. It's pokemoves.com. Huzzah! Yeah, so Frostlass is 6656. And Charizard is 7666. Okay, so you CMP after the first after the first one is thrown, but... Huh. Yeah, 7666 and then 66... No, because you still outpace. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not crazy. Yeah, you do outpace. It was just the the five. Okay. I'm always one off when it comes to counting moves. I should probably fix that before I go back to another regional. <laughs> yeah, it's it's preemptive. Uh, but yeah, just just to loop back into this one, like the the one advantage Wadodge has, like you were you called the Azu Charizard right away, is that you know Lantern is 
get into both of those. Like the the only real problem when like a couple Pokemon have a good look is if there's no answer that covers both. Yeah. And so yeah, the the lantern helps a lot in that regard. Like obviously it's got some rough matchups outside of those two, but that you just yeah you have to save it for one or the other of those yeah absolutely all right so now that we've gone all the way around on that one let's move on to the open ultra league <sighs> where we had there's no picture i know but we'll we have a name so we'll go with that <laughs> where we had zafel rose go we up need, against we need an asset for for one of these pokemon for, yeah greg or no, not Greg. Greg doesn't do the the sheets. Uh, FMC, help! Give us give us pictures, pretty pictures, please. Anyway, Atakazam. So Rose brought Galissapod, Shadow Dragonite, Shadow Gliscor, Defense Deoxys, Galarian Weezing, and Registeel into Mandibuzz, the Invisible Armored Mewtwo, Registeel, Shadow Gliscor, Lantern, and Verizion. Rose is able to take a two-one victory, and I kind of want to say that it was Galissapod doing Galissapod things. I kind of want to call that out because like the liquidation and aerial ace looks really, really good because the Galissapod Registeel looks amazing into this team and or Gliscor or Galarian Weezing to kind of like shore up the back part. Yeah, the the two that Galissapod is going to struggle with are the Mandy Lantern, so... Which is weird that a water bug, a literal water bug, can hurt the Steel Titan Registeel. Yeah, well, and that, that, I mean, that's not clean either, right? Like the Zap Cannon is is gonna, it's gonna hurt. Pretty terrifying. Yeah, it's it's gonna hurt a lot. <laughs> like even Gliscor with Wing Attack, Night Slash, Earthquake can still do decent enough damage. To where, like, you're not getting completely walled by, like, Verizion or, and Mandy. Well, you're getting walled by Mandy, no matter what. But then there's where you throw in, like, your Registeel or Galarian Weezing. Because Play Rough does hurt. Brutal Swing Play Rough, I think, was the play here for that Galarian Weezing. You do lose quite a bit of that just nuke potential, especially into the Registeel by not having Overheat. But, yeah, you get at least get neutral against everything that way. And, and well, of course, I'm going off of like my play style of you win by overpowering your opponent with multiple bammy charge moves. Whereas maybe Rose had said, no, I'm going to overwhelm the opponent with multiple nukes. Yeah, o- overall, I think I like Shadow Dragonite better. It's like if, if that Galissapod matchup was a little bit stronger to Registeel, I would feel better about it. But yeah, just, just knowing that while it can do well into our Mewtwo Gliscor Verizion, like it feels much more likely the Registeel's coming in. And yeah, Gliscor, the wing attack aerial ace is gonna hurt, especially off of Shadow. It's gonna hurt a lot, and you're gonna you're gonna get hurt. Alright. So yeah, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to the Flyers on this one. Oh. Okie dokie. All right, let's move on to the Open Master League, where we had Lamb Chops go up against Gucci Gang. So Lamb Chops brought Kyogre, 
Altered Garatina, Florges, Mega Blaziken, Gyarados, and Mamoswine into Mega Scizor, Reshiram, Florges, Verizion, Nihilego, and Ursaluna. I did have to stop myself when I said Ursaluna because I was going to say regular form Ursaluna. <laughs> Blood Moon. Once again, the VG side is coming out. I don't like Blood Moon Ursaluna. It's too slow for my liking, and I absolutely despise Trick Room. Anyway, so... <laughs> hyper, yeah, hyper offense only. Yeah. Lamb Chops took a 2-1 victory over Gucci Gang. Although, there's kind of weird because Kyogre... Oh, actually, no, it's not weird. I know exactly why. Kyogre. Kyogre does well into Reshiram, Nihilego, Ursaluna. The Mega Blaziken is pretty good into a lot of this team, too. I kind of wanted to say Kyogre and Mega Blaziken just wrapped up shop and said, yeah, that's it. We're going home. Look at this. On paper, this looks like a it should this looks like it should be a 3-0. Yeah, this this is this is reminiscent of how lopsided the last match was. Yeah, and I'm very But not, there, there very... is no there is no steel type on Lamb Chop's side. You said sorry, say that one more time. I was I was just noting that there's no steel type on Lamb Chop's side, so Gucci's Florgis is literally neutral or better into everything. Oh. Like obviously you're just gonna get out stat product by the Kyogre, but not for nothing. Like if you <laughs> get that out of the way, like that's that's a lot of the battle, right? Like uh or same with Mega Blaziken. And yeah, so so I'm I'm guessing that's that's the uh foothold necessary to, to take a game. Yeah I probably should amend my comment a little bit on that. On the uh Oh, what's the word? On the it should be a three O because in Pokemon Go nothing is guaranteed, but it still is pretty impressive, all things considered. All right, so let's move on into Aurora Cup. Yeah, back back into Great League. I mean, it's Aurora Cup. It's it's the it's Gen Great League at this point. <laughs> all right, so in the Aurora Cup slot number one, we had Bezel Boy go up against J Mills one one three. Beazle Boy brings Lickitung, Chris... Beals Boy. Yeah, that. <laughs> Lickitung, Chrysalia, Chargebug, Shadow Lola Ninetales, Shadow Gligar, and Vigoroth into Shadow Lola Ninetales, Lickitung, Deoxys, Chargebug, Vigoroth, and Gligar. So they basically brought the same team with the exception of the Gligar, Shadow Non-Shadow, and Chrysalia for Deoxys. On paper... This should be a 2-1 in anyone's direction. But this is a 3-0 for the side of Rock, Paper, Slark. I am shooketh Steven. <laughs> How much? I mean, I assume the Gligar into DD is a cleaner matchup than uh, Gligar into Cress, uh, for example. Just like that is literally the entire difference of this matchup, potentially. Do you need do you need dig for anything? Not really, right? No, I I don't think dig is ultimately required here. Or dig costs about as much as aerial ace, right? No. It's it's fifty. And aerial ace is forty five? Forty. Okay, yeah, I'd take aerial ace then. Well <laughs> aerial ace is the given. It's it's whether or not you run the night slash. 
I mean, I I go fishing for boost in this in this matchup. Yeah, yeah better. I, I think I think it makes your life easier. And especially because Defense Deoxys can't really hit you for anything too hard aside from Psycho Boost, whereas Chrysalia has Grass Knot. Hmm. The yeah, so the Shadow's actually losing. Yeah, especially into Rock Slide. So that's interesting. I I thought that would be the thing. Maybe it's not the thing. Oh. It was not the thing. Well, today I learned trainer. Alrighty. So, yeah, th this week, I think it could also have been something as simple as, you know, A, that Gligar kept getting the the boost and that caused them to... <laughs> the the boosty boy? Yeah. Gligar got boosty boy and that got very, yeah. very interesting. Yeah, it is, it is kind of crazy how these particular players end up with such similar teams against each other like other slot is a similar story i mean sans glygar though and that's that's kind of what i feel like the story of this one is and that's just it's like it's it's crazy that those picks end up mirrored as often as they do <laughs> yeah and then yeah we have we have this kind of war for supremacy happening between dd and crest like that's two for two They've been opposite each other. And then, yeah, looking, looking forward. Or you could pick both. <laughs> but yeah, this, this is a huge sweep. Yeah, it is absolutely massive. All right. Well, on that note, though, let us move Onward. on. <laughs> Onward into the next one, where we had Excurge go up against Out of Pocket, formerly known as Hot Pocket. He got me good. He trolled me on in Peoria, which is kind of funny. And then... Because of go. the new name? No, not even because of that. It was there was a moment on stream where I thought it looked like a CMP tie, and I go, wait, because it was like a Lickitung into something else that should not win, like doesn't will never win CMP. And I go, wait, was that a CMP tie? Because it looked like they tried to tap at the same time, and Lickitung's going first, but Lickitung shouldn't win CMP. And Pocket heard me turn around, and he turns around and goes, oh yeah, it's actually very Ivy dependent. And like without thinking, I just said, oh, OK. And then like he started laughing and I was like, there is not a universe where Lickitung wins CMP. And I was like, look, I, I figured I'm just like, it just looked odd to me. Yeah, well, that's the that's the one turn fast move CMP, right? Yeah. Anyway, anyway. We we're going to talk about teams. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so Scourge brought Shadow Alone Ninetales, Double Chrysalia, Defense Deoxys, Lickitung, Chargebug. Into Pockets, Defense Deoxys, Lickitung, Chrysalia, Alolan Ninetales, Regirock, and Chargebug. Weird, you have two, you have a fighter and a pseudo fighter up against a fighter, a pseudo fighter, and, sorry, two pseudo fighters, and a pseudo fighter and a rock nuking machine. Which I think ultimately actually was the difference in this matchup. Now that I look about it a little bit closer. Yeah, that's, that's the biggest disadvantage moving away from medi is you don't actually resist the stone edges anymore yeah and it hurts <laughs> it hurts a lot trainer yeah but and i i appreciate that for the most part aurora feels like team discrepancies have actually informed a lot of the outcome <laughs> uh-huh yeah i mean <laughs> it is like a little underwhelming just like from an analysis point of view that 
four or five Pokemon in Aurora are usually the same. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, a lot of things could have happened, but I mean, all, all you can really talk about are the ones that stand out, right? Like, Regirock looks good. Yep. Um, all right. Ch ch charge a bug into Double Psychic is cool for both of them, I guess. Yeah. I'm starting to get some Ember vibes from Aurora Cuff. Maybe we just kind of me and like chuck it. <laughs> Not entirely, obviously. Like if you're in Aurora Cup, we're gonna shout you out. We're gonna shout you out definitely if you bring new, like cool looking picks. But I think people have figured out Aurora Cup already. Part of me wonders how often the Shadow Nine Tails is even actually showing up, and it's more just there to bring the gun to the gunfight. <laughs> Sorry, say that one more time just like it's it's just necessary to have on the line but i i just wonder how often the lola nine tails actually shows up in a game gotcha okay but yeah i'm happy to roll into savannah okay i got caught off guard too because the donut just posted something in general and i'll read that later anyway savannah time we have wallflower going up against panic 23 Wallflower brought Trevenant, Regirock, Buzzwool, Miltank, Rufflet, and Superior into Panic's Roserade, Chargebug, Tyrant, Buzzwool, Dunsparce, and Trash Warmer Dam. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Panic is the first trainer that we've shouted out that did not bring the Polyrath Regirock core, or like any one of those two. Just like today? Sure, we'll go with today. <laughs> yeah i mean out of out of the ones we've looked at this is i mean both teams are departure from that right like you do have the second fighter the buzzwool on both teams and then the rock of choice for panic apparently is the uh the tyrant well because tyrant's hitting everything for neutral yeah and and it's just such a fun pokemon like the the fact that you can run many t-rexes is just a good time all right, now, Panic, if you're listening out there and your Tyrant is not named Chomper, I'm going to be a little sad because that's like the best name for, in Land Before Time. <laughs> yeah, every, everyone remembers the rescue of the tiny baby T-Rex. The baby T-Rex that, every, that everyone was afraid of the adults, but for some reason, everybody loved the kid. I at least go out of my way. Like if I'm playing a dinosaur game like Ark, I will name my dinosaurs after Land Before Time characters. I have no shame in that. Anyway, back to Pokemon. On Panic's side in particular, I really like Roserade. And you shouted out Tyrant, so. Roserade indeed did Roserade things. And as I learned this past week, it hurts. Weather Ball Fire hurts a lot. Especially in the SCAF. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially in the SCAF. <laughs> I was like, oh, I survived with one HP at least. Nope. Yeah, the, the, the uh, attack power behind just the the coverage typing of that is is very reminiscent of like old school hidden power yeah oh i don't like it but you know i gotta shout it out when i gotta shout it out so alrighty, so and <clears throat> it's i feel a little bit bad for ruffle it <laughs> just like it has a couple strong matchups but then the others are, are not great yeah. I'm also I think not, maybe not sold on, on Miltank over the Dunsparce. This is once again where I have to separate VGC from Go. 
because I think Miltank gets access to a fire move in VGC, but not in Go. Yeah, it's it's just got Bolt Beam and Go. Bolt Beam and Go. Okay. I was going to say, now Jet, hold on a second. But yeah, you're absolutely right. So I think Dunsparce is solidified as the premier normal type to use in this meta. But all right, ready for the second Savannah one. And it looks like it's the only, not only, the second sweep. Oh, dang. Yeah. So on one side, we had Copium Northeast taking a 2-1. This one, we had the exact same team brought, and it was a sweep the other way but we're still going to shout it out so and on rps's side sad munir went up against caboose seven and munir brought tropius regirock dunsparce buzzwool orangaroo and chargebug into roserade chargebug tyrant buzzwool dunsparce and trash Wormerdam. it's it's a copy paste team from panic's team yeah however well, and i mean you look at it and Tyrant like right away has a worse matchup, right? Yeah, yeah, it does, which is surprising because it's got to handle Regirock, Dunsparce, and Buzzwool in addition to Tropius. Oh goodness. Yeah, although I think, well, Roser, I'm gonna pick on Roserade because it's one of my favorite ones to use for the time being. Roserade has work cut out for it with Tropius. And a Ranguru and Char- well, no, not Charger Bug so much because it can still hit back with Weather Ball Fire. But like Tropius and a Ranguru can really lock down Roserade. Yeah, well, and this is one of those because the the Tropius isn't faced with any of the Electric Flyers that it has a much better time. Yeah, <laughs> Tropius went burr this matchup, and Tropius had fun. I think this is also the first time we've seen all of the savannah slots be buzzwool like as their fighter yeah Mm. (laughs) yeah that's interesting not only that but it looks like through all of them it it had good play (sighs) but yeah definitely age of charger book The age of Chargebug has begun! Yeah, of of the eight oh. field teams, seven were brought. You know, like, when you think about it, I haven't seen a Pokemon go from essentially zero to hero status. No Palafin pun intended. On a community day, this, like, since it had a community day, since... <sighs> I would probably say Talonflame getting Incinerate. Or I mean, Polyrath is kind of in a similar situation, right? Right, but Polyrath was always like a niche pick and could still dish out, you know, a lot of punishment. But like, you know, having Bubble and Mudshot, Mudshot was already a good move to begin with. It just got a better stab move and counter, which makes it like better. But you still don't see it like being brought to like a not being brought to like a bunch of meta defined or like formats where it's considered the meta aside from savannah because you know we've referenced the reggie rock polyrath core at at nauseam <laughs> i was actually going to say a little in sand slash that's fair i mean the the funny part there though is that the flex is now going back against the community day move right we have reject we have rejected modernity and repla- re- replaced it with tradition with powder snow <laughs> Back, yeah, back to basic package. 
Yeah, but who knows? That's just because the meta ended up shifting back to it. Who knows? Maybe next season it shifts back to Shadow Claw being dominant. That's why you always build at least two to three PvP mons, if applicable, for Great League trainers. But okay, so we got a preview week six. Yep, and and do I think, cool I think I think we got the story here, which was there are some real big sweeps. Yeah, which led to you know Rock Paper Slark being able to take take their victory over Copium Northeast. So unfortunately, this puts this sets almost entirely knocks Copium Northeast out of the running of of securing a wild card spot because they can win out and secure 44 points, but they do need Thunderducks and Shield on to lose. They both need to lose these next coming weeks. And that's borderline impossible because Thunderducks and Shield on face off in week seven. So with that, though, we do have to preview week six. So we've got Rock, Paper, Slark going up against Decidueye Dynasty Green. There, I said it. Is everybody go. happy? <laughs> Everyone happy? Yes? Good. He read the card. Most of it, Part of it was cut off. Anyway, East Caliber draws Copium Northeast. East Caliber is looking to... Oh, they're in the same boat as us. Is looking to break their losing streak. And they unfortunately have a tough draw against Copium. But I believe in them. The Naked Hornet and crew can do it has a really good team going for them. Just my unbiased journalist opinion here. Brave Nerds draws Mighty Thunderducks. And finally, Sea Kingpin is going to be looking to continue their win streak against Canadian Shieldon. Now, I'm still going to be cautiously optimistic, but Sea Kingpin has won two games after starting 0-3. I think they might have started to turn it around a bit. Also, Sea Kingpin, I know that some of you are listening out there just let you know, I have blind faith in everybody until week seven, unless it's mathematically impossible. So play that spoiler role. Become the villain of pool two. I know you can do it. The retribution is real. Knowing us, we're going to draw them in the in the bottom 32 bracket. And I'm OK with that, honestly. It'll be fun. All right. Pool three. Yay. One of them undefeated teams. Brew and down. I was going to say, but we put up the biggest fight so far, but that's incorrect because utter, Ma- utter madness did. Anyway, week five, we had utter madness taking an 11 to 10 victory over the hammerheads. Fearsome Frostlass unfortunately loses to muddy water 12 to nine. Diener don't care. Could not get it done against Phoenix rising. They drop another game 18, sorry, 13 to eight. We're not that bad. And finally, Evan Stonks beats Thunder Fury 11 to 10. Fun fact, if you start at Fearsome Frostlass. No, I'm not going to get into the circle today. <laughs> Evan Stonks really putting it on. I know. We haven't talked about Utter Madness. Well, we should. No, we've already talked about Thunder Fury at length. Utter Madness? Sure. Utter Madness. Let's do it. N-E-B. Oh, Hello. That, that's a team trainer. I like it. Anyway, so in Open Great League, we had Ashikilno, Ash is Kilno, or Ashy Skillno. One of those variations has to be correct. Went up against 6110 Hero. Ash brought Registeel, Arctabax, Gligar, Lickitung, Tapufini, and Defense Deoxys into Umbreon, 
Alolan Sandslash, Defense Deoxys, Shadow Venusaur, Lantern, and Gligar. I'm just gonna get it right. I'm just gonna come out and say it. The Arctobax is a really cool bring. Yeah, I've I've seen it in GPL a couple times, and it always makes me unspeakably angry. <laughs> Why? Because it's it's such a rare spawn. Like just the fact that people even have them anywhere near 1500 is is just like okay. Well, you have to also know that people have been sitting looking for a reason to spend their copious amounts of rare candies. I know I can't be the only one that has 400 plus rare candies. It's 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 not the the candy issue. It's it's really just the luck of the draw on the spawns. Fair. But I digest. <laughs> that was a very punny joke. I have I'm a little embarrassed to say I have about 500 rare candy. I should get more. Rare candy is in such a weird spot now, especially because there is so much rehash. It's like, (laughs) when when was the last time we had an actual new legendary that mattered? Because, like, the last two were the Reggies, right? And they don't really matter. Uh, Good question. Anyway, point being, like, (laughs) it, it takes either, like, a good mythical role or something as rare as the Arctivax family to feel worthwhile to spend rare candies. Yeah, you can't even build like you can't even use the rare candy to like max out Pokemon for like yeah, <laughs> because it's just like ah, everyone uses XL candy and now that's the that's the ticket. But anyway, you know this is devolving into a rare candy XL rare candy debate. We should switch it on back to heroes matchup. Specifically in this matchup, I think the Defense Deoxys on Hero's side had a lot more play than the Defense Deoxys on Ash's side. Mainly because I'm looking at Registeel, Arctobax, and Lickitung, and then combine it with, say, a Water Gun Lantern. It's not looking too hot on Ash's side. Heck, if you wanted to do, also do, put uh, put Powder Snow, Lolan Sandslash on it for that Gligar and Lickitung coverage and yeah, Heroes just got this one hook, line, and sinker, in my opinion. Yeah, Feeny is in a little bit of a weird spot for this one. Like, the things that you would do the best against, you're not as worried about. <laughs> um, it's like, yeah, you, you can help out with Gligar and Sandslash specifically, but yeah, it's, 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 a, little, it's a little scary when... There are the two hardest counters chilling on the other team. Yeah. Kiro, I appreciate you getting the 2-1 victory. But Ash, I'm going to give you massive props for getting at least one point from a massive uphill battle. And it's and it's not even necessarily the matchup is bad. It's, it's just like making the calls when the matchups are that polarizing. Like... Yeah, it's, it, is, it is so rough to pull the trigger on that. <laughs> yeah. Also, Registeel could do a decent amount when not stuck against Gligar. <laughs> True, yeah. Oy. All right, I want to stop looking at that Arctobax before I get sad. <laughs> Just get angry instead. No! I'm using Baxcalibur on my VGC team. No Eevee Light I- Arctobax? Look, yeah, we're gonna have some we're gonna have some 
some words after in the break. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, we already we already this, have to prep for Eviolite Duraladon. This this next player name is is one that I would imagine straight from the interesting trainer names channel. Yeah, it would actually. So on the Utter Madness side in Open Ultra League, we had Gengar Girthquake going up against Zerilio. Gengar, or is it Ginger? I'm saying Gengar because it's more Pokemon themed. Anyway, Quake brings Virizion, Jellicent, Lapras, Shadow Nidoqueen, Steelix, and Shadow Gliscor into Polyrath, Virizion, Skunk Tank, Shadow Skunk Tank, excuse me, Shadow Lone Sandslash, Shadow Charizard, and Heliolisk. So we have three ground types and one water type that uses counter. I mean, the Shadow Lone Sandslash has a good reason to use Powder Snow this time. D does it? Shadow, or not, yeah, I guess the Shadow. Um, Shadow Nidoqueen and Shadow Gliscor. Those are some good targets, right? Right? Compared to being double resisted and single resisted, you could be neutral or better into everything with Shadow Claw. Look. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's honestly, that does make sense. But like, Heliolisk is just, it can't do it with those ground types doing it. And Vrizian, well, yeah, it's the there. Don't, don't don't forget the grass type. Yeah, I mean, it's there. <laughs> like, golly, it looked like Quake just had the upper hand in this one. Overall, it is it is the face of the new season for Ultra League, right? Like, Shadow Skunk, Helisk, Delix hanging out. Yeah. But yeah, you have, like you were describing, the, the triple ground com coverage. Poor Heliolisk. I know. It It really does its best, but just there's nothing that can really be done here. Except maybe debuff mons. If it got locked into, like, if it got, like, you know, not hard countered swapped, but, like, on a lead and then swapped out or something. It's only got really two good targets in Jellicent and Lapras. Yep. And Lapras seems like an unlikely bring. Yeah, Lapras is an unlikely bring. You have Polyrath, Verizian, and Charizard. Asterisk. In addition to Heliolus, that'll make sure it does not come out to play. Overall, I'm I'm gonna call this one as 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 a bold strategy on on Quake's side. Like, there are a lot of ways for a team like that to go wrong, but yeah, here, it, it, I mean, it worked out. <laughs> it's just man the the triple ground setup or, or like the half and half setup is, is just so scary because either you're 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 ready to rock and roll or you're scrambling yeah but yeah here it was here it was a good read a good read and a good match in, in general type to score three to three i started keeping a running tunnel to make this easier for me as we move down into the Master League. Yeah! We have Waterbug go up against Paradox 80. Waterbug brought Reshiram, Gyarados, Metagross, Kyogre, Tapabulu, and Mega Agron into Primarina, Zekrom, Zacian, Excadrill, and... Sorry, not and. Mega Venusaur and Gyarados. Omega Venusaur looks like a really good pick into Kyogre and Tapabulu and Gyarados. 
But that's about all the nice things I can say about it. Because Reshiram goes, watch this. Well, yeah, and so do the Steels, right? Mm-hmm. So you got, you got some 50-50 on that. Yeah, but Metagross can be a little bit tricky with that Excadrill running around. But I think this one was just mind games all around. Because Kyogre looks really, really, really good. Actually, no, I'm going to take that back. Tapu Bulu looks really, really good. And here's why, okay? So Tapu Bulu gets Bullet Seed and, like, a good Grass move. I think Grass Knot, I think. Yeah. Okay. Over there, we're kind of seeing... Yeah, Grass Knot and Dazzling Gleam. Okay, so over there, we're seeing Primarina and Zekrom. Two premier targets for Tapu Bulu, who also cannot hit Tapu Bulu for a lot of damage. Zacian can go 50-50 if it's like running double nuke or yeah, it has to be running double nuke and it's going to be eh. But if it's running play rough, it, things can get a little trickier. And then Grass Knot also hits Excadrill for a lot because it can only use non-stab Rock Slide. So I think Tapu Bulu was the unsung hero in this matchup particular. And usually Tapu Bulu is on the losing side of these matchups. Yeah, I want to say this is the first time we've seen a Bulu on a winning team but yeah in in general it doesn't it doesn't quite make the impact and it's and it's it's even funnier that it's into a mega venusaur right <laughs> yep the mega venusaur well equally looks good but you do have pokemon like reshiram and mega agron and gyarados and not gyarados metagross that can make sure that it just does not come out to play this is also so, the first time I think we've seen both Master League players opt out of Florges. I will take your word for it. Or it's it's one of the very few instances, right? Like we see three other fairies here. Yeah, Zacian, Bulu, and Primarina. It's like Primarina would be pretty good if it wasn't for the fact that there's double steel. <laughs> At that point, you're just kind of forced to run Waterfall or actually, no, you got two resistances to water. Sorry, three resistances to water, two resistances to charm, one neutral. Hey, you pretty think soon that Primarina is going to get the Hydro Cannon and actually cost points to be on your team. Listen, we're not we're not going to talk about Hydro Cannon Primarina. I beg you for the love of Arceus. It's going to happen. Stop. <laughs> Please. No. But yeah, you're right. I'm dreading the day when that happens, though. <laughs> All right, Aurora Cup. In Aurora Cup, we had Uchi Main versus Real AJ Lewis. I wonder if it's the actual Real AJ. Anyway, Uchi Main brings Shadow Alone and Ninetales, Chargebug, Chrysalia, Regirock, Double, and Lickitung into Shadow Alone and Ninetales, Chrysalia, Wigglytuff, Chargebug, Lickitung, and Metacham. So we and had. Just like that, the Betty's back. Yep, there it is. And it's got good and it's got good targets in Regirock, Double, and Lickitung. Or at least the best looking lineup for it that we've seen so far. Yeah. In this instance you could put your nine tails on the front, Medicham as a safe switch, Wigglytuff in the back. It went burr, it got points, we go home. Questions? Yeah, but what about Medi Double Charm? That's what I meant. Like, Ninetales in the front, Medicham is a safe switch, Wigglytuff in the back. 
I was saying medigate in the front. Oh, you know what? That's a better. That's better. Because then you can sack one of your charmers and then have fun. Jet, you got the big brain ideas. I was going to use Medi as a safe switch because charm is just ungodly. <laughs> when you when you actually have two charmers, like why not use one of them to switch in? Okay, fair, fine. Because I was just, I my my thought process was overpower the enemy with charm and just use Meta's charm with a damage sponge. But your idea is show them here I am. Good luck, and then like run away and put a charm, put a charmer in. Yeah, well, and of course you can always change the mode after. But I feel like it's just one of those assert dominance <laughs> potential <laughs> is, is just too high to not go for it. Okay. Well, congratulations to real AJ Lewis for taking a two-one victory over Uchimane. In the second one, we have Floopy Doopster going up against Dan Awada. The content creator on YouTube. Ottawa? Ottawa. Leave me alone. Canada's okay. hard. <laughs> With all your maple syrup and fake bacon. Anyway, Floopy <laughs> Doopster brings Chrysalia, Chargebug, Vigoroth, Shadow of Ninetales, Lorantis, that is a pick, and Lickitung into Chrysalia, Lickitung, Metacham, Lantern, Regirock, and Chargebug. Lorantis. We did see a lot more Lorantis early on. And it looks like in this one, it was still doing a really good job. Well, I found the one player still running Lantern, so that, that goes a long way. <laughs> but there's also Regirock on that side, and you can, like, spam out Leaf Blades. And Cress, for that matter, right? Like, the, the Fury Cutter adds up. It does, yeah. So, like, Lantern didn't need to be there. But Dan really wanted to bring it, even though it has charge bug. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we've seen much double electric, but I'm trying to think if there is anything that Lantern helps with. Like, it's got enough HP to sponge hits in general, but almost everything has a super effective move against it. Yeah, I can't. Lorantis, Lorantis is now meta confirmed for Aurora. It's, it's it's always been there. It's it's always had the tools to take advantage of a lot of these Pokemon, especially if you the aren't thing... running a fairy at all. Yeah, but the thing that holds it back is its lack of bulk slash typing. I mean, Mono Grass is fine compared to the other Mantis that is at, like double weak to several things. <laughs> but yeah, the. The thing that we didn't really immediately say <clears throat> was just we got our first non-charm team. You know, I hadn't really noticed that. But you see that the first non-charm team, we saw what happened to it. It didn't win. It, it didn't get swept, though. True, yeah, you're right. Savannah time? Yes. Let's do it. Savannah time. Jason Caruso versus... Mesara, 1991. So Jason brings Polyrath, Dunsparce, Chargebug, Roserade, Emolga, and Giraffering into Regirock, Polyrath, Dunsparce, Chargebug, Roserade, and Trash Wormadam. Unfortunately, this is very much the Regirock, Polyrath did its thing, and Dunsparce was there to clean up the rest. I do still wish 
Jurafarig had a little bit more play in this meta in general. Um, I feel like even some of the ones that you would think would be clean, like having the fastest psychic charge move to go along with confusion. Say it one more time. I was I was reminding myself how some of these look compared to how they actually go. Oh, okay. Like the very best matchup for Girafferig is is into the Roserade, where you get you get that clean win that you want, but so many of the others you're just not quite there. And then mm-hmm. yeah, with the with the rise of Charger Bug, it, that that doesn't help. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and Charger Bug is you have unfortunately you because Volt Switch is a very oppressive move, quote unquote. You have to account for Charger Bug now. There's just no way around it. Anyway, second Savannah slot. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's like that's that's like the one Pokemon we haven't seen. So I just wanted to comment on it that I just I wish it was just a little bit better. Well, you know that saying: all Pokemon are just one great move for becoming meta-defining. Breaking swipe flag on, please. I will not. Anyway, I will die on this hill. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I was at Peoria and I floated the idea, and I was met with, you know, that is not the dumbest idea I have ever heard. So it it's there. One person said, "Oh God, no, please, you would break the game." And I don't, I don't know about that. Like, I don't. Yeah, I didn't think about that either. But I said, "Look, you at least give it more of a fighting chance." Than Dragon Claw Scorching Sands. Well, and and that's like the biggest issue with Scorching Sands on that Pokemon in particular is just it really would benefit from having a reliable debuff. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Savannah Part Two Electric Boogaloo. We have Ghost Burns Red going up against New Archaic. Ghost Burns brought Superior, Buzzwool, Trash Wormadam, Tyrant, Emolga, and Dunsparce into Chargebug, Escavalier, Superior, Dunsparce, Trash Wormadam, and Polyrath. Well, this is the most different matchup we've seen. This is the matchup of all time right here, Trainer. You have no, your counter No users. Roserade at all. Uh, yeah, that's, that's very interesting. You've got Double Bug, sorry, Triple Bug into Double Bug. It would be so good on either team, too. <laughs> no. Yeah, if Ghost Bros had just brought Roserade, it would have been a quick 3-0. But such is, such is the, the life. Also unfortunate for Tyrant. Like, double counter, double steal. And a grass user. I was getting ready to hype up that Tyrant, too. Like, yeah, let's do it. And then I saw the other team and I was like, oh, no, 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 no. But in this yeah. case, in this case, I would have to give an edge to Ghostburn because of Emolga. Because SCAF, Superior, Trash, Wormadam, and Polyrath all struggle against it. If Polyrath isn't running Ice Punch. I mean, which which you will. <laughs> but yeah, the sparse is like your your go-to answer. Yeah, the, the Emolga is a little bit too free. Yeah, and then to cover up the bug steals, you can do, aside from a team effort, Buzzwool and Dunsparce have to kind of handle it. So it looks like Charger Bug is okay. 
in the ones and twos into the Emolga at least, so it's it's not just Dunsparce. Um, but yeah, you're you're not coming out of that with very much health either. Alrighty then. So that's pool three's wrap up. Week six time, we have Utter Madness draws Fearsome Frostlass. In a battle of the bottoms, we have Dinair Don't Care going up against Hammerheads. Thunder Fury is going to draw draws Muddy Water. And finally, Evan Stonks gets Phoenix Rising. Dang, I can't believe Evan Stonks really turned it around. It all changed when the Fire Nation attacked. <laughs> yeah. Rapid Fire, Pool 4, 5, 6. Yes, we got to do that. So, since, pool number since four. we didn't start with that. <laughs> no, we're, we're just going to go and do it at the end. So, week number five in pool four. Stadium Emperors defeated Rose Lark Bow 13 to 8. Backstage Battlers defeats the Great Unknown 11 to 10. Lucky Mux Ooh, beats close. Holmes. Yeah, definitely. Closer than I thought it was going to be. Lucky Mux hangs on against Homeslice Homies 11 to 9. That was due to a communication or communication. Yeah, communication issue. And finally, Coastal Kings gets their first win of the season, beating Fletch Cinderella Story 11 to 10. Huge. Very much so. In week six, Roslark Bow draws the Great Unknown. Home Slice Henry Homies looks to uh, goes up against Stadium Emperors. Fletch Cinderella Story draws Backstage Battlers, and finally, Lucky Mux draws Coastal Kings. Quick look at the standings: Backstage Battlers have almost if they win this week they secure they most likely secure first place outright barring like a complete blowout loss stadium emperors and lucky mucks are right on the heels of each other which is gonna be amazing home slice homies can still sneak in and claim that final wild card spot but they are gonna need some help with coastal kings upsetting lucky mucks and home slice homies well they have to win out essentially i was gonna say stadium emperors has to lose one of their weeks, but here we are in pool number five. Oh wait, before I move on, Jet, do you have anything to add? No, I just I just jumped into the the Coastal Kings to see where where all the points came from. Looks like it was real back and forth. Ooh, okay. Alrighty, so pool number five, we had Taylor Swift and Hidden Powers. One of those we teams checked, did... we checked it out. The T Swift came out ahead. They did. It was fourteen seven. Captains, report your dang scores. It makes this so much more difficult because it still shows 0-0 on the page. Texas PvP beats Gong Rippers 14-7. Acopolypse continues their domination, beating Switchmasters 17-4. And finally, Sharks and Wreck beats Pioneer Valley PvP 14-7. Thanks, Obama, captain of the team, sent us some footage in, which we appreciate and we took a look at. Unfortunately, since we aren't covering four, five, and six in a deep dive, can't really use it, but we do appreciate you sending it in. I did appreciate watching those battles. It was a great, it was a great time. I mean, we, we do officially have the name update now too. Oh yes, it's thanks, Trainer? Trainer thanks. Trainer thanks, it is Trainer thanks. But in Discord, it still says thanks, Obama. So I'll, re I'll try, I'll remember to change that going <laughs> Just forward. Just yeah, just just going forward now. It's now it's official. Also, Hakamo, huge ups. All right, there we go. In week number six, Gong Rippers draws T Swift Fan Club. Acopolypse draws Hidden Powers. Sharks and Wreck draws Texas PVP. Loser of that match will most likely get sent to pull to the third spot. 
and be fighting for their life to stay into the top two. And Pioneer Valley PvP draws Switchmasters. Actually, mathematically, I was incorrect. Texas PvP has to beat Sharks and Wreck by a lot. For what it's worth, T-Swift fan club is actually in fourth. Oh, as soon I as did not act, know that. As soon, as soon as they get their points. Yeah. All right. That That's actually worth a lot. So let's move on into week number five. Pool five. Pool six. Yeah, whatever. pool five. <laughs> we were in pool five. Now it's pool six. Okay. So pool <laughs> six. We have Icy Wind beating the Chicago Stars 11 to nine. Also on the back end of some communication issues, sadly. Electrum defeats Team Omega Lol 11 to 10. Nerdy Birds takes care of business against the Thunder Squirrels in a re- I guess a, an open tier showdown. And finally, the undefeated run of Hoosier Daddies unfortunately comes to an end as they lose 13 to 8 against Decidui Dynasty. This means Electrum has pulled into first place by 3 points. I got to I got to check if uh K-Pine played. Oh, he did. Sweet. Okay. In week number six, Icy Wind draws Electrum. Nerdy Birds draws Chicago Stars. Hooger Daddies draws Team Omega Lull. And finally, Decidueye Dynasty draws the Thunder Squirrels. The fact that, well, Hooger Daddies is really, really, is in a tough spot a little bit because they're one point ahead of Icy Wind in the standings between the top two and wildcard. But they don't, the teams that, the loser of the Icy Wind Electrum matchup gonna be placed in the third. So whatever the score of that one is, Hoosier Days has to win by at least three points to, to reclaim their top spot. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. The, this pool of quote unquote pool of death is something that I definitely am going to want to look out for. Yeah, well, and and like every other pool, last two weeks gotta gotta keep your head on straight. Yeah, don't don't keep don't take your foot off the gas now, trainers. I don't care if you're it's week week six and we still haven't won or teams still haven't won i'm looking at you bottom four teams because at the end of the day everyone that wanted to join this invitational was good at pvp there was no easy wins no matter what the scores look like and that might sound like a someone from who's the co-captain of a team that is currently one and three or excuse me one and four now but we knew what we were all signing up for when we decided to join. All right, I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs> the margin is thin. Don't give away games. Exactly. But with all of the scores wrapped up for pools one through six, including our deep dives, we are going to take a quick commercial break. But we will be right back after these messages. And snacks. Don't forget the snacks. Hello, this is Professor Elm, and I'm in a bit of a predicament. I was wondering if there were any eccentric trainers who would be willing to make a delivery of some sorts. You see, Mr. Pokemon, just outside Cherry Grove City, has informed me that he has a very rare Pokemon egg that would be great for my research. He even has some company in, the famous Pokemon Professor Oak. If you are able to, but do not have any Pokemon, no worries. I have three Pokemon that would be just beautiful for the adventure over there. Unfortunately, you can only choose one Pokemon. They are Chikorita, 
Cyndaquil, or Totodile. These three Pokemon, one of these three Pokemon, will help you in case you get tangled in the weeds and have to fight off against some Rattatas or Sentrits. I really hope that you guys, I really hope that somebody can pick up this delivery soon as Pokemon eggs are vital to my research. Did I mention I was Professor Elm? Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that commercial break because I know I did. I just hope you're ready to spill the tea about the regional. Oh, absolutely. That's why we came back all in all. But before we do that, we do have some housekeeping things that we have to talk about before we get to the sec bottom second half of the show. This podcast is powered by Patreon. The link is in the description down below. You can support this show for as little as $1. Getting donating dollar gets you access to secret parts of the Discord, including, but not limited to, a secret Patreon channel. And having your name shouted out during the episode, like the lovely Patreons that I'm about to shout out. And at higher tiers, you also can join our recording booth and fact check us in real time. Or actually Taco, myself, because Jet is hardly ever wrong, unless like I choose a hill to die on. But I'll be confidently <laughs> wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm sleepy sometimes. That's fair. The music that you're listening to is provided by The Zame on YouTube. He is an amazing video game composer who has also started bringing out 30-minute renditions of his previous previous arrangements. He also delves into other video game video game arrangements and even does his own on the side. A very talented a very talented trainer, very talented composer. I think he's a Pokémon trainer as well. So, I would recommend checking out his YouTube channel, giving him a follow and or a subscription. Speaking of follows or subscription, if however you do not wish to throw money at us to support the show, just give us a follow on wherever you listen to your podcasts and a review or and or a review. If it's witty enough, we'll read it aloud on the show. We are currently on Apple, Google, Spotify and Amazon. I guess the big four. With all that out of the way, let us give a lovely shout out to our patrons, Trainer Thanks, formerly Thanks Obama, ZT Smith, and Sotiri. For the the support that y'all give us helps us keep the digital lights on. We appreciate it greatly. And we want to let you know that one day I hope we meet at a regional. So that we can hang out and like say hi and stuff. So, we're gonna do a community engagement. Last week. Last week we asked you, with Pokemon Go going to open team sheets, what are your first impressions? We had one giant paragraph answer from a talking Pikachu who gave some amazing insights. I am not gonna read all of it because we would be here pretty much all night. So I'm going to give the TLDR version. Firstly, he goes on L to say- Luckily it was already kind of in bullet points. <laughs> yes, it was, but I'm gonna take those bullet points and make it faster. So. Number one, he starts by saying hidden movesets are good in some formats, essential for factions of Battle Frontier. It's he think he says it's an ambig it's a unambiguously good thing for play Pokemon. He goes on to reiterate some of the concerns that I had brought up last week by saying the biggest disadvantage for players the biggest disadvantage is the players featured on stream versus those who haven't, because you see movesets. So there's that. Number two. And in an, this is since regionals are an elimination based format, players shouldn't have to spend early games having to account for vastly different movesets. And he gives an example like 
Spark versus Watergun Lantern, or Powder Snow versus Tarm Alola Ninetales. That can be interpreted as like a skill issue, but at the same time, it's if you've lost a game because of the surprise factor, but then you have to play out of it and pull up a bag of tricks to tie up the series, and then you go into game three, it's just a battle of skill or whoever has more bags of tricks left, which I can kind of get behind. And then finally, the open team sheet, or since it is, I guess this next one kind of follows up on the open team sheets. He says the that the battles themselves should be a, a test of skill and execution. You know everything about the opposing player's team, and they know everything about your team, with aside from like IVs and IVs and stuff. And whoever, whichever trainer has the best skill wins, which ultimately is what we look for at Play Pokemon Regionals. So. And honestly, the way that some people have kind of were talking to me at Peoria, I was talking to some VGC players. A lot of the times when they said they lost, the biggest, the number one complaint, or not complaint, but the number one reason why people said they lost was, I misread the team sheet and thought it was this. Sometimes, yeah, it can it can be a case of having too much information. <laughs> and especially, like, I know it's a little different for... VGC players just because they have to play nine or ten rounds day one and so like you go through a lot of different teams and team sheets and if you get one of them stuck in your head between rounds and it's actually not exactly the same then that can that could be rough yeah absolutely and so I, I feel like a talking Pikachu kind of did hit the nail on the coffin that and basically saying these play Pokemon events were supposed to be like a great equalizer everybody is just playing on a game base of skill obviously this is going to hurt some pokemon in the long run or not in the long run but this will hurt like some other players chances like mew comes to mind but the most common move set is shadow claw surf and dragon claw or shadow claw surf and wild charge which is you know that's a whole nother thing i'm not going to touch because i i said my thoughts last week I think this will be a good thing. I'm curious to see how it's going to work at LAIC. But, you know, if we're going to play in regionals, this is something that very much is not going to go away. Your final thoughts, Jet, before we move on into the Play Pokemon segment? What's next week's question? <laughs> so this next week's question, it's going to be a little wonky, but it'll make sense in a moment. So at the Please Play Pokemon Regionals, aside from the main thing you sign up for, TCG, Go, and VGC, they have side events like pack battles, which you build a 10-card TCG deck and you battle your player using a one pack of cards. Very fun. I suck at it. The other things were you could win or attempt to win like t-shirts using your TCG deck. There was a gym leader challenge that was also TCG. There's also a VGC format, but they had one, they only had one thing for Go, technically two, which was two Go challenges. And that kind of got me thinking, like what other side events would you like to see at Play Pokemon events? Like they also had the past Pokemon games. You would. The way I kind of see it was like, what if they had some more Go challenges? Like, who has the most Stardust? Or who has the oldest start date? You know, post your screenshot here. It just kind of got me thinking, and I did not know. I didn't know, like, what other things you can do with Go. But it kind of felt like Go was still kind of left out to dry a little bit. Which made me kind of sad. 
do you? So, are you are you asking for like designing some kind of like contest? Yeah, let's do that. All right, all right. Yeah, designing some kind of contest around Go that you can also do to earn like prize tickets or like Pokemon cards or maybe even like a little a little gift card for your Apple Play Store or Google Play Store, Apple Play Store, Apple Store, or Google Google Play Store. You know, because eventually or eventually go is still going to be like in that ecosystem it's going to be loved but let's give it some more love talking as a go player and as a vgc player anyway so i'll reiterate it if you could design any side event at for play pokemon events what would you like to see what would you like to see and why so now we get on to the nitty-gritty the play pokemon segment First things first, I want to say, Trevine, Zimmy, Burrito, y'all are some amazing freaking teammates, and this made it made this weekend that much more fun. Uh, I got to Peoria, or basically, Diener showed up in full force. We showed up in our jerseys. We got a bunch of compliments too. It was super fun. The judges actually said something about it, but it wasn't for the reason that you thought they were going to talk to us about. We thought. We were going to get mad at our logo because it uses Dragonair with sunglasses. Turns out that they said if we went up on stream, we would have to cover the flag that we have on our right shoulder. Which, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to push the issue. They just said the flag will have to be covered. And I said, OK, that's fine. Um, Zimmy ended up going the farthest. He made it all the way to losers round three. He and I were actually in the same pool. Uh, he lost in round and winners round one. I lost in win winners round two to the eventual runner up of Peoria. But one thing I can hang my hat on, like specifically, is from winners round two all the way to the winners finals of day one, he had not, my opponent, uh, S. James, had not dropped a single game against anybody except for his first match and his last match of day one. So I can hang my head on that. And I almost beat him, but it came down to one fast move. And at the end of it, at the end of it, Zimmy and Shervita and my brother were just like, they were trying their best to like watch my game, but like they didn't want to get too close. Cause like you have to stand, you have to stay like a certain distance back, which was, you know, understandable. They didn't judge, didn't want people coaching and stuff. And when they saw like it happen, you could just hear them in the back, just out of collective, no. But <laughs> <laughs> so, like I, I shook, I shook SJ's hand. And, like afterwards, I took off, and they're like, that was like, like golly, that that like they were also like saying before the match, it's like, oh, he's number one, he was number one on the leaderboard at one point. He's captain of elite TMs. I was like, oh, so you guys are making this more difficult for me. I'm going up against the literal Sylph Factions world champion, Captain versus Captain of Dean Air Don't Care. They call me the Captain Slayer for a reason, because I always seem to play out of my mind when I fight other captains. But I couldn't pull off that Dean Air magic. <laughs> I actually had my first match against con a fellow content creator by the name of uh, Ryan Swag. And he bamboozled me because he, he took out his giant Dedane plushie and was like, here, I'm going to beat you with this. And I took my little Flygon plushie that I just bought out. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to beat you with this Flygon. Neither of us brought it. Our, fa our like, plushie mons. So 
Not even on the roster. Nope. But he he had won game one, and the game the, I'm not gonna lie the the early parts of the game were terrible. There was like in my in my pot alone in round one there was about six disputes and there were 15 like pairings. So it was an auspicious start. And then in game two I won, but we both had lagged. But we found out that if it's a one turn desync. It's not dispute or it's not grounds for like a rematch, because like he knocked me out early in the match when I had a dazzling or a dazzling gleam queued up to knock out his Lickitung, but like I was at the move and you saw like when I on the screen recording you could see me tapping it but it didn't go through, and then at the end of game two it was like water gun lantern on water gun lantern and he threw a, he had two surfs queued up, by the way I learned how to count one turn fast moves it's awful but I am I can do it. He had two surfs queued up, and so one water gun snuck through, he lived, and then another water gun snuck through before he could throw his surf, and it knocked his his lantern out over mine. And we were we were both questioning, like, hey, is this is this reviewable? Like I know I won, but I don't wanna I don't wanna say I won because like the game lagged. I wanna win because you know, like I beat you in the game of skill. And so we had, it we had like one. Sounds like it out at least. It, it did. Like game three was no issues. I was able to take a two-one victory over Ryan over Ryan Swag. He was my round one opponent, and then SJ was round two. But I remember asking the judges, like, "Hey, so why is it that we still do double elims here at at regionals, but like at locals we do Swiss?" And he kind of they kind of reiterated what you had said. It's not just like a hardware issue. It's a matter of imagine the amount of players here all trying to play at the exact same time and logging in. It would overload the server in a heartbeat. And I said, honestly, that makes sense. But what caught me as interesting is it wasn't the fact that Play Pokemon decided that they're going to do that. It's the venues that decided this is the, the infrastructure we're going to give for Go. So it's like the venues kind of decide if they're going to bring in like cell towers or like Wi-Fi routers and stuff. Day two events did a phenomenal job. The only nitpick I had was they put a router on a chair and then hit it, attempted to hide it behind one of the banners, which as a person that, you know, sets up like his own his own router at home, if you like put anything around it, you obscure the Wi-Fi signal. So it kind of did more harm than good in the long run. I also said I also did have to say that one part because I kind of promoted it on the pod, promoted it on Twitter, saying, "Hey, I got some information. Listen to our episode, our next episode when it drops." And like, we got a surge in followers on Twitter. <laughs> it is nice to actually ask humans real questions <laughs> and get actual answers. Yeah, and I was I was really happy with the way I wasn't not gonna say not happy with like my answer because I had a feeling that was going to be it but like the fact that all the judges were like super friendly and like super accommodating with like hey so I got a question it's probably dumb but I'm going to ask y'all anyway and I didn't get the whole like file a support ticket and find out the thing like the judges were very forthcoming and that was nice of them and then of course you know hanging out with Zimmy Zimmy and the rest of the Dean Air crew like Shervine amazing dude like the Peoria, in my opinion, was more fun than Milwaukee. Even though I didn't do as good, 
and I only got one of my three goals knocked out, which was win round one, get on stream, make it to day two. That was it. Ultimately, I'm proud of my performance and I had a lot of fun. You know, I, I also got to run into Philo again. He's a super awesome dude. I met one of the brave nerds in Conky and my brother, my brother was just like in awe of everything. He was just like learning, having a good time. And yeah, I will reiterate the fact that if you can go to a play Pokemon event that's near you, go. The spectator passes are pretty, pretty affordable. The only problem is, is they do run a very limited amount. But yeah, congratulations though to King Alexander. Slight, slight segment. I did beat him in Continentals. So like by the transit of property, I won the Peoria Regional, just saying. <laughs> yeah, if, if they were the same day. Right. <laughs> but yeah, so my hats go off to King Alexander for taking for taking the regional win. And S. James, it was his very first play Pokemon regional, and he took second place. And That's when awesome. I I remember talking to him afterwards, he I was just like, dude, that was a heck of a run you did. And he's like, yeah, I'm not used to this feeling because he got 3-0'd and got sent to losers finals. And then he got 3-0'd in grand finals. I guess he wasn't used to being uh, swept twice, but you know, it, it just goes to show that the, the players that go to these things, if you're willing to shell out money for these things, you are in a league of your own. So, uh, that being said, the salsa bar kind of goes on into my Peoria trip. I did meticulously pack everything. I double checked. I had everything and I still left something at home. Hopefully nothing I, actually game related. No, I, I left my wa my smart watch charger at home. Did so. did you did you find that you needed it? No, I just set my watch to watch only, and it lasted the whole weekend. So well, it was, no no harm done, no issue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, the the service in Peoria was and the venue was really bad. Like I couldn't play my battles for Go Battle Day. But I did manage to knock out the 50 when we got back to the hotel. And That's then cool. that was it. Those are the only ones I played. I played 50 battles out of the 200 and said, nope, no more. That's that's pretty much what I ended up doing, just like around the, the wedding stuff. So it was good to cash in on those specific rewards, but wasn't going to go for more than that. Right. I do plan on going to another regional maybe indianapolis or i'm already planning for indy and naic is the big one i do want to go to that one and like i personally would like to see as many diener don't care members at least try to make it out there i know the california peeps are a little it'll be a little hard for them because because california is expensive <laughs> but in all seriousness we'll get you there one way or another <laughs> every yeah everywhere is far but yeah, I'm looking forward to LA. Glad everyone had a good time, and it was it was fun to hear just like about your experience with all the the side events and stuff too. And yeah, we we gotta we gotta work on getting getting the day two, but confident that we'll uh, we'll break through. Yeah, we're all practicing together. So like now, my brother goes, I'm gonna compete in the next. If he goes, if half of the Dinair team shows up, I'm gonna compete. And I go, or you can just compete. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't have to have an asterisk. 
I mean, he he's very motivated to get things done. So I I'm not gonna crush his dreams. Who knows? For all I know, with a couple of training with from like y'all, he might be the first one to make it to day two. I have faith. It could happen. A true artist can come from anywhere. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, his his biggest the biggest thing he kept saying was, dude, I'm just like out here supporting you and you're you're having a fun time and like I'm having a great time. This brings back so many memories from our childhood. And I was like, Yeah, it does. So Feed your passion and all that. Yeah. It, it's a great it's a great feeling. But now we're moving on to the next thing. I've got my, my play Pokemon local for Go is next week and Iowa City on the 28th in Cedar Rapids. And then we're doing our very first VGC challenge on the 14th. And I'm curious to see how I'm gonna do at that one. I'm not going to win or going for points. I'm going to help the tournament fire off because there's one of the locals that is really, really good at VGC, but needs some, some local help to get those points for Hawaii. And that's that's the biggest reason to hit up NAIC is if you're going through the trouble of locals and making sure to get those points for your cups and for regionals. Like, yeah, the the next category is that international. Absolutely. But you can get the most you can get is 390 points from cups and regionals or sorry, cups and locals and challenges. So you only need 110, 110 get to that 500 mark but i think i mean yeah this whole episode was, or this whole segment was going to be dominated by play pokemon and we knew that going into it i think this is a good place to call it call it an episode jet i Hope, agree <laughs> hopefully we can still get you out to one of those regionals because i yeah, know you're going um, to la yeah planning on la for sure i'm not gonna <laughs> say too much more about anything else but yeah i do at least want to get one in each season yeah especially with yours you get to this will be your first one that doesn't have the mask mandate yeah so i think it'll be a pretty big turnout again like similar to how san diego was but yeah now there's very little holding the socal community back <laughs> Well, maybe you guys will get to that 256 cap. It would be crazy, but knowing like the community leaders just in the area, I, it's not impossible. Oh yeah, because mostly everything is not mostly everything, but there's a lot of there's a lot of pillar of this community out there, right? Yeah, especially like after Caleb moved out, like. RC Cola already does an amazing job just kind of coordinating a lot of the LA stuff that happens, but we, we've got a fair few people in contact with them in San Diego as well. And, you know, I think I've talked about it before how in self there were five plus regionals just for Southern California, like the first few seasons. So the players are there. It's just like getting getting them all in the door. Yeah. LA is going to be a little hard for me to swing because the week after it's NAIC. Well, and and that's the nice thing, at least for me, is 
that is the one that's in driving range <laughs> and it's like after that it kind of well effectively the amount of effort becomes the same for just about any of them ah okay it's like if i'm hopping on a plane anyway like gotta actually figure out which one makes the most sense right well alrighty. so this is a great spot to go ahead and call it an episode I wish you all a... I hope you all that are competing in Sacramento this weekend, the best of luck. Unfortunately, we won't be sending any D-Nairs, D-Nair don't care members out there, but, you know, have fun. Always remember that. Always remember, trainers, make sure you have fun, and at the end of the day, we are all Pokemon trainers. No one is better than anyone else. Mostly. <laughs> <laughs> or at least they're not, like, not as people, right like yeah they may, be, they may be the better player that day but but like they, nobody's like my poo poo don't smell type of people <laughs> those are not those are the people we, oh, we don't like <laughs> anyway until next time always remember keep those dragon fangs sharp stay away from those fairy types and until next time we will see you all in our next episode and then you know only one more in our pools <laughs>